If you've been around a two-year-old, then you know that they can become fixated on shows, stories, songs, and they want to hear them and see them again and again and again. For our granddaughter, Aubrey, this week, the obsession was Eric Carle's story, The Tiny Seed. In the story, there's a seed that's blowing across the sky with other larger seeds, and the tiny seed is the one trailing behind, and it's the last one to take root. But so many of the larger seeds fall prey to other pitfalls along the way. And it's the tiny seed that ultimately grows into the beautiful large flower that brings joy to so many. Margaret was wondering the other day what it is about the story that's so enthralling for Aubrey among the many, many children's books that cover our home. And I told her I think it's because she's the tiny seed in this house. Aubrey's the one trailing behind all of us, unable to do all of the big things that we do. But it's the tiny seed that ultimately brings so much joy to so many. I know this is true in our home, but what's been so fascinating in these last months is that we've come to find out that it's true of Aubrey and quite a few other homes as well, including a number of you. As we mark the one-year anniversary of the pandemic being declared this week, I went back to the early days when Suzanne posted this post one day, a few pictures of Aubrey, and she said it's just to make people smile. And our friends and family were so hungry for something good and joyful in that time that they wanted more and thus began the daily installments of the adventures of Aubrey. Suzanne would hustle some days near midnight to make a post and Daniel would roll his eyes until a couple of his close friends told him that the only reason they go on Facebook each day was to see the Aubrey posts. And so on and on it's gone and as soon as we think that maybe it's time to stop, someone else will tell us how much it's meant to them this past year in the midst of the chaos. Aubrey for us and for others has been that tiny seed reminding us that in the face of powerful forces in this world, it is that tiniest seed that brings forward the love, joy, and beauty that we need to see us through. It is counterintuitive, however, when faced with significant challenges, our default is to think that the challenges must be met with even larger and more powerful force we all remember the madness of the arms race in the 1980s. The only deterrent to our adversary was to create more and more nuclear weapons ourselves. And so on and on it went, stockpiling more and more until we could both blow up the world multiple times over just so we could say, no, oh, there's the deterrent because we have more than they do. I always shake my head thinking about the work that my friend's father did as a CIA analyst back in those days, determining how much our pushing up of the ante could eventually bankrupt the Soviet Union trying to keep pace with us. And it almost makes sense until you also consider the cost to our own country as the needs of our citizens went unmet and people starved around the world because we were spending so much the world's resources on nuclear weapons that we all prayed would never be used. 
And one of the primary tools of the state has always been to convince those that they deem to be potential threats that they are powerless. And it's in that volatile bet that they can convince them that it is so, that so much anger, mistrust, and eventual violence is born. We see it play out again and again in our times, but it's true all the way back to the time of Jesus. If you pay attention to what Jesus is saying so often in Scripture, it's that a reckoning is coming. And if you don't change your calculus, everyone is going to lose. Power attempting to defeat power always ends in tragedy and heartache. And Jesus invites his followers into a different way, into a new way. As Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians, power made perfect in weakness. In our gospel lesson for today, Jesus lays out the whole upside-down, inside-out way of living in this world that he is demonstrating in his life and ministry and ultimately what he will most powerfully demonstrate in his death and resurrection. He could have said it this way, that the world says, blessed are the rich, the powerful, the strong, the mighty, but I say, blessed are the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those that are persecuted. Blessed are the weak, not the strong. It's the weak that will inherit the earth. And I will show you this truth when the powerful forces of this world do their worst to me because God will redeem my sacrifice and raise me up as a sign of hope and peace to transform the world by turning death into life, hate into love, the tiniest, most powerless seed into the beautiful flower that brings hope and peace to all. This has been a year of feeling powerless. In the face of so many challenges and losses, in the face of social unrest and hateful rhetoric, the allure of meeting power with more power is constantly before us. But Jesus came into the world telling the powerless of his time that it's okay to be powerless by the world's standards because your power lies not in the strength of your body, but in your capacity to love without limits through me. The message of Jesus in the face of the power of this world is that my grace is sufficient for you. You don't need the world's power because you are empowered by love, a love that unites instead of divides, a love that builds up instead of destroys, a love that raises us up together to say that we need a better way, a more just way, a more loving and peaceful way to be together in this world. And it can sound helpless, it can sound naive, but consider the alternative. And look at all the loss and despair that battles for power have left in this world. Don't buy into the lie on a grand scale, and don't buy into it at home either. Because part of the myth of power is that we have to have it all together all the time. But like a great nation, we can't. We can show our weakness, or we can try to play the game of acting like we have all of the power and all of it figured out. 
even though we know that we're hurting. We do this because we know the game that we're playing in this world is often about winning. And winning is always about power. But this is not the game of the Christian faith. Following Jesus is not about having it all together on your own. Following Jesus means that we rely on God's grace instead of our own power. This means that we are free to be vulnerable, imperfect, and admit our weakness. There are too many of us out there that are unable to admit our weakness, which actually just keeps us weak and further weakens our society and our communities because we act out instead in unhealthy ways to mask the weakness that we are terrified others might see. This has been a terrible year, and one of the ways that we have seen this beyond the losses of COVID is in the increase of the loss of life to suicide. Far too many of our friends and family members and neighbors have taken their lives this last year. And what it has done is expose what was already there, just not as apparent. We have a mental health crisis in our country because too many of us have played the game too long of trying to keep it all together on our own, confusing our fear with power, when the truly powerful thing to do is to come to terms with weakness by getting the help we need. I never felt the need to have a counselor before this year, but it wasn't like I didn't have stuff to work on before. And what a gift my counselor has been to give me new tools and strategies to deal with stress and anxiety so that I might live a fuller life. We have to stop running from weakness. We have to stop idolizing power. It's a sickness that has literally been killing us since the beginning of time. And Jesus stands before us this day with a beautifully countercultural way of reimagining our world and coming to see more beauty, more joy, more life in the process. Instead of giving in to the allure of power, let us join our voices with the Apostle Paul, who said, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then, then I am strong. Amen.